this Mother's Day, I want to get right into God's Word because we've got some things we want to do a little later in service. But I want to talk to you today about the, in, the eternal influence of godly women. The eternal influence of godly women. In the New Testament, there is a man who's mentioned there and written about and written to. His name was Timothy. When you first find record of Timothy, he's a young man who's committed his life to God, his life to ministry, and Paul is mentoring him as his own son to help lead him into ministry. Paul and Timothy developed a very special relationship, and Timothy became prominent in the church at the end of the first generation of the apostles and then going into the second generation of the early church. He was a spiritual son to Paul. He was a ministry partner with Paul. He was influential in helping develop several churches. Two epistles were written by Paul to him, two letters, that ended up being books in the New Testament. You find those books bearing his name, those letters, 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. Timothy became one of the most influential leaders in the church in his day. And Scripture tells us that his mother was Jewish and his father was Greek. It's interesting because as you study the life of Timothy, and there's not a lot written about him, but what we do know for sure his mother and his grandmother were very influential godly women, but nothing is really written about his father and his father's influence in his life. And today, I want to share a message for just a few minutes, and I want to talk to you about how important godly women are to our world. How much influence women can carry in our world. Sometimes I think people are confused about how the church sees women and how the church understands women. The things that I'm going to share today will apply to anyone, man or woman, young or old. But I want to specifically point this today at the influence that godly women can have in our lives. I want to read from 2 Timothy chapter 1. We'll have the verses on the screen. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Paul writes this in 2 Timothy to Timothy. Verse 3, he says, I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day. So Paul is telling this young Timothy who's leading this church in difficult, challenging days, Timothy, I'm praying for you. I have a deep love for you. Verse 3, or verse 4, Paul says, I'm greatly desiring to see you being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. So these words, Paul is expressing, my heart goes out to you, Timothy. I'm praying for you. I know you're going through some difficult seasons, but in these difficult seasons, there are some things you need to remember. Verse 5, he says this. Paul says, Timothy, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith. Everybody say genuine faith. When I call to remember the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it's in you also. In these verses, I really want you to notice those two words, genuine faith. 
It's the real deal, the real kind of faith and total and complete trust in God. It's not fake, it's not put on, it's not something that you do on Sunday, it's not religion, it's a real genuine faith in God. Paul said, Timothy, I know you have that faith, but Timothy, I want to remind you where this faith came from, how this faith was passed on to you. Because, Timothy, you've got a grandmother who was a godly, godly woman. Her name was Lois, and she trusted God. You've got a mother. Her name was Eunice. She trusted God completely. You saw the real deal faith in both of their lives, and you realized the power of that faith. And now that faith lives in you also. I want to say it again. It's interesting that you never really hear anything written about Timothy's dad. We don't know if he ever came to faith, if he was of no faith, or if he was just kind of quiet in the background. But nothing is ever mentioned about his faith. But Paul commends the faith of his grandmother and his mother. The genuine faith that lived in a grandmother and a mother's heart was lived, modeled, taught, and then learned by Timothy. Moms, can I tell you something today? Grandmothers, great-grandmothers, we might even have a great-great-grandmother in the house today. Can I tell you something? Kids are watching you. They see what's in you. They see what comes out of you. They know the life that you live. And I am convinced that more than ever before, children are looking for the real deal faith in God that they need in this life. And they need to find it at home. They need to find it there. I want to offer a a word of encouragement to every woman in the house today and really every person in the house, but especially to the ladies. In a world that finds women living under new and difficult pressures, Moms can still live a life of faith that influences their children for Jesus and impacts the future. Lois, this grandmother, and Eunice, the mother, used their relationships with God to touch their world and then they passed it on to the next generation and that faith still lives. It's still talked about today in Scripture. I've been blessed. I'm such a blessed man. I'm so fortunate. And one of the greatest blessings that I have is a foundation of faith that's been passed on to me by men and women. But i got to be honest with you today. Spiritual influence in my life has come as much from some women in my family as it did from men. And I want to talk for just a few minutes today, not very long. I want to talk about some women who greatly impacted my life. First, I want to talk about my great-grandmother, Molly Kendrick, born in the probably around 1880 or the early 1880s. I knew her when I was just a little kid until I was probably 8 or 10 years old, and then she passed away. And I, I didn't know her well, but I saw enough of her that she impacted my life. That's my great-grandmother, Molly Kendrick. And I want to talk to you about how she influenced me, how she impacted me. My great-grandmother was a Pentecostal pioneer in the South in the early 1900s. When the Pentecostal revival was sweeping that part of the country, as a young woman, she got involved in it. Her life was touched by God. And you know, 
In those days, those churches didn't have nice buildings. They would build brush arbors. Literally, they'd cut down tree branches and just build an arbor to protect their heads from the sun and the rain. And they would have church outdoors in those brush arbors. And my great-grandmother was a Pentecostal pioneer in those early church years. But she also lived in difficult times. In the South in those days, most of the people lived off of the land. She lived off of the land, had to farm, so on and so forth, to take care of her family. She had not only a difficult life, she had ten children. Everybody say ten. Anybody in the house today got more than ten? Did I see a hand back there? Okay. I thought, wow, I want to shake your hand. She had ten kids, but after she had ten kids... Her husband abandoned her. Never knew my great-grandfather. None of the family knows a whole lot about him because when the kids were all born in difficult days, he disappeared. But my great-grandmother had to learn to trust God out of a necessity. And she raised 10 children. And when their lives were finished, every one of those 10 children served the Lord. And every one of those 10 children would talk about the influence that their mother had on them. When I remember my great-grandmother, there's really only a couple of scenes because, like I said, she passed away when I was pretty young. But anytime we had family gatherings, my great-grandmother would be there. She lived with one of my mom's uncles. My great-grandmother had poor health in her older years. She was in her 80s. She had problems with her legs and her hips, and she walked on crutches. And she was usually seen sitting in a rocking chair. And any time I'd walk into the room and us kids would gather around, we'd have to walk by and say hi to great-grandma. And she was always sitting there in her long Pentecostal dress with the long sleeves and the collar up to here. And she was sitting there, and she would smile and say hi, but as soon as you walked on, Grandma went back to her life of that day with that great big Bible sitting in her lap. And when the kids walked away, she'd start talking to Jesus. And in her later years, that was her life, sitting in that rocking chair, reading her Bible, and praying for the things of God. That's what I remember about my great-grandmother. And later on, as I became an adult and began to reminisce about her, I realized that's probably the only thing that got her through those many years of raising 10 children without a husband in poverty. The fact that she had the word of God in her hand and she had prayers in her heart coming out of her mouth and she watched God miraculously answer those prayers and help her raise those 10 children to serve the Lord. She was an amazing woman. Proverbs 31 verse 30 says charm is deceitful and beauty is passing but a woman who fears the lord she shall be praised i remember my great-grandmother's funeral how all of her children gathered around from all over the country to come and to praise her to thank her for what she had deposited in their lives For the real faith that they saw in horribly difficult days, abandoned with no man in the house, that woman stood there and trusted God and brought all of those children under the wings of Jesus. Grandmothers, 
Let me talk to you for a moment. Great-grandmothers, if we have great-grandmothers in the house or watching online, maybe you're in the season of life where you think, well, I've raised my kids, I've raised my grandkids, now I've got great-grandkids, and, and it seems like I'm not as important as I once was. Can I tell you something? The kids are watching, and they're looking for somebody who has experience who can point them to Jesus. My great-grandmother, her life was consumed with the presence of God. And one of the things that I realized as a, as a boy and then a young man was when I think about somebody walking with God, my great-grandmother walked with God. And as a kid, I saw the power of God's Word and the power of prayer at work. I saw real, genuine faith, and it impacted my life tremendously. You see, she reached beyond the challenges of her day and she used her relationship with God to touch her world and then she passed on to the next generation that real, genuine faith. And it still lives today in me. Great-grandmoms, don't ever get discouraged. Live a life in the presence of God and it'll impact the future. And you know, if I can just say one more thing about this before I move on. Probably 33, 34 years ago, I was at my grandfather's house, my great-grandmother's son, my grandpa. I was at his house one day, and I'd been refinishing a piece of furniture, an old antique, making it look like new. And I was almost finished, and he was looking at it and admiring my work, and he said, Hey, uh, do you like doing that kind of stuff? And I said, Well, if it's not too difficult, I do. If it's not too, you know, beyond my ability, he said, Okay, let me show you something. Would you be interested in this? He took me out to a shed behind his house and said, this is my mama's old rocking chair. Would you be interested in this? This sits in our nursery in our house today for our grandkids because we want them to know the presence of God is real. Faith works. You can trust God in any situation of life. God will not fail you. So ladies, hold on to Jesus. Being the big crybaby I am, I promise not to cry more than two more times this morning. <laughs> Second of all, after my great-grandmother, there was my grandmother. It wasn't my great-grandmother's daughter. It was her daughter-in-law, my grandpa's wife. But my grandmother's name was Lizzie Kendrick. And there you see a picture of my grandmother in her later years before she passed away. She was completely different than my great-grandmother. She was different from really any woman I ever knew. She was short. She was small. She always looked frail, but she was the busiest woman. She was always cooking and cleaning and hardly ever, ever stopped. She was just going all the time. But she was the sweetest, most gentle spirit you've ever met. She raised seven children, but her husband stayed with her. But she... She was unique because she was so quiet and, and, and my whole life, growing up watching her until I was in my, I guess my 30s when she passed away, I never ever heard her say a bad word about anybody. And as much as my great-grandmother was consumed with the presence of God, my grandmother, she was consumed with the character of God, the nature of God. And, you know, she had all these little sayings, you know, some of you people got family from the South. A lot of my family came from the South. She had all these little sayings. I don't know where they came from, 
But she had some unusual sayings. Anytime her nose was itching, she would say, ooh, my nose is itching. That means company's coming. How many of you are thankful today that every time your nose itches, it doesn't mean company's coming, huh? But she would say that. Oh, my nose is itching. That means company's coming. And then she had another one that she would often say. She said, beauty is only skin deep, but ugly's to the bone. Beauty fades away, but ugly holds its own. Let that one sink in for a minute. She would say that regularly. I'm not sure who she was talking to, not me, but somebody somewhere. (laughs) But one of the things that impacted me most about her was anytime somebody would start talking about somebody else in the family, you know how that works. You know, family feels free. We'll, We'll fight for each other, but we'll also criticize each other. Anytime somebody in the family would say something negative, my grandma would say, well... You know what? If you can't say something good, it's just better to say nothing. That was her. But that's how she lived. And when you looked at her life, I mean, she exemplified the fruit of the Spirit. She wasn't about gifts and she wasn't in the front lines all the time. She was so quiet behind the scenes, always busy, always working. But the fruit of the Spirit was so evident in her life. And when you read the Beatitudes in, in Matthew 5 and the Sermon on the Mount, that was her. She carried the nature and the character of Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 3 says this, verse 3. Women, do not let your adornment be merely outward. The arranging of the hair, the wearing of the gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart. With the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. My grandmother impacted me so greatly. I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. Every year I'd go up there a couple times a year and stay several days with them. They lived in Northern California for a time. I spent a lot of time with them and my grandma always had time. She was such a lady. She was so sweet and so precious. But I saw the nature of Jesus in her and I realized this is the way God wants me to deal with people. The character, the nature of Jesus. And she reached beyond the challenges of her day, raising kids in the Depression era. And she used her relationship with God to touch her world. And then she passed that genuine faith on to the next generation. And it lives today. Grandmothers, I want to encourage you. Let me say it again. The kids are watching. They need to see the loving nature of Jesus in you. They need to see the character of Jesus. In a day and an age where society is telling us to be mean and loud and angry, they need to see the nature of God in you. Show it to them. And I promise you, you'll impact the future. And then the third example, the person who touched me greatly was my mom, Sue Martin. I think we got a picture of her. That's her back in the 40s wearing my dad's hat when he was in the army in World War II or at the end of World War II. She was a precious, precious lady, but she was different from her mother and from her grandmother. And I want to talk about my mom because needless to say, mom impacted me more than anybody else because I spent the most time with her. So much of mom's life evidenced what she had learned from her mother and her grandmother. I saw my grandma in her. I saw my 
great-grandmother in her. My mom was a loving wife, a loving mother, a loving grandmother to my boys until she passed away. But I've got some great, great memories of her. And I, and I want to talk to you for a minute about what our life looked like when we were kids. My mom was born in the 1920s, you know, a little kid through the Depression years, and then a young woman when World War II broke out. My dad went into the military before they were married. He served in the army. He was a marksman. He was on the beaches in France on D-Day and survived it. Quite a miraculous story. Got wounded later on in France. We came home on the Queen Mary, and my mom was waiting on him. And my dad gave his heart to the Lord when he was a young man, but he just had a hard time finding his place in church life, and he wouldn't go to church. He just wouldn't go to church. He didn't feel comfortable with church people. Now, let me talk about that for a minute. Because for my dad, he owned a business. He owned a gas station. And he would help people out by selling things to them on the credit, and they could pay out over time. And he did a lot of business with Christians. And as a result, going where my mom went to church where we were raised, it was a very legalistic church. And, you know, the more legalistic you are, the more perfect you have to be. So my dad heard about this perfect standard, but he was doing business with Christians who wouldn't pay their bills, and he, was, he, he couldn't figure it out. And he thought, well, I'm as good as these people are, and what do I need to go to church for? So that was his struggle. Now, I'm telling you this for a reason. When I was a kid, and, and everything I'm telling you, I can verify it through family. When I was a kid, our church had Sunday school on Sunday morning at 9.45. We had church service at 11 o'clock. Our church did a radio broadcast at 3 in the afternoon. We had youth service at 6 o'clock on Sunday evenings. We had Sunday night church at 7.30. And I, most Sundays, was at every single service because mom saw to it that I was there. Monday through Friday, my mom worked a full-time job until I was out of high school. Tuesday nights... They had church service on Tuesday night. Wednesday night was choir rehearsal for her. She played piano in church. She sang in the choir. Friday night, we had another church service. How many of you know one Bible study enough's not a week and enough a week? You've got to have at least two during the week. Because we were the godly people. We were the real Christians. So, so we had a lot of church. And every time the door was open, my mom was there, and as a result, I was there too, sitting in church. I hated Sundays when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I hated it. I'd be so tired on Monday morning. It's like, dear God, if we could just have a Sabbath in this house, it would be wonderful. <laughs> but when I became a teenager, my heart changed. Because I began to understand. Mom loved the ministry. She loved the work of God. As much as her great-grandmother was consumed with the presence of God, as much as her mother was consumed with the nature of God, my mom was consumed with the work of God, with the ministry of the church. And she modeled for me, for my family, the importance of God's house. Moms, God's house is important. Moms, the ministry is important. God's work is important. And you need to show your children how important God's work is. 
They need to see it in your life. 1 Peter chapter 3 says this, verse 1. Wives, likewise, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observed your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. My mom, growing up, as I was growing up, my mom had one great heartache. That was the fact that my dad wouldn't go to church with her. My dad, he was a wonderful man. He had a love for God. He trusted God, but he just struggled with church people. Anybody in the house struggled with church people? Kevin does. Kevin struggles with people, period, but that's okay. But hear me out. My mom's heart was broken for a husband who was a good man, such a good man, such a provider, who worked six days, some days, seven days a week, long hours to provide for his family. But he didn't value God's house. I never heard my mom gripe at him. All those Sunday mornings when my dad went to the swap meet, I had to go to church. I wanted to go with my dad. No, you're going to church. But one of the greatest memories I have of my mom is there were times on Saturday afternoons when dad was working and I'd be out playing in the yard. It was my mom's day off and because of church schedule, it was her only day off. She was involved in so many areas of the church, taught Sunday school, played piano, sang in the choir, helped everywhere she could. My dad wasn't interested in going to church. But on Saturday afternoons, it was very common at my house where I'd come in for playing and I'd look for my mom and couldn't find her. I'd start going through the house and I'd get back close to her room and her door would be closed and I'd hear my mom knelt beside her bed crying out to God for a lost husband who didn't seem to care about the things of God. My mom had a hole in her heart. And she prayed and she prayed and she prayed. And she loved my dad and she went on and on for years standing with him, loving him, loving the kids, supporting him. I was about 19 or 20 years of age. We had friends visiting from out of state. My parents went out to dinner with the friends. I was out running with with my buddies. Came home and mom said, guess what happened tonight? I said, what? She said, we were sitting with friends, started talking about the Lord, and they began to share with your dad how much God loved him and some things he was doing. And sitting in the middle of a restaurant, your dad bowed his head and accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And from that day forward, every Sunday, he was in church for the rest of his life. Now, some of you may go home today and say, all that guy did was cry and talk about his family. Now, I'm, I'm not bragging on my family. I'm bragging on Jesus. My mom was consumed with the work of God, the ministry. She wanted my dad to carry that same heart, and eventually he did. I started a church in Orange County many years ago, and every Sunday morning, every time we had Bible study, every time the door was open, my mom was there, my dad was there with his Bible, and he was my biggest supporter in starting that church. Let me tell you something. Prayer will change things. God's house will change things. Moms, don't ever stop loving God's house. Don't ever give in and give up on your husbands. Stay on your knees, cry out to God, and live a godly life before them, and let God use your life to change their hearts. My mom 
reached beyond the challenges of her day. And she used her relationship with God to touch her world. And then she passed that genuine faith on to me. And I'm passing it to my kids and to their kids. And some of you say, well, I'm really concerned about the future. I'm concerned about the future. And there's one thing I know to do. Pray, seek God, live the life, and then instill in my children genuine faith. Because in our children and our grandchildren, we can touch the future. We have that opportunity. Benjamin Franklin once said, all that I am, I owe it to my mother. I've, I was blessed with my dad's personality. He was a smart aleck if there ever was one. I was blessed with his personality. But my spiritual nature, I got it from my mom. I learned it from her. And all that I am today in ministry, I owe it to her. She's touching the future. Whether you're in a rocking chair, whether you're in a kitchen, whether you're running the kids to school, you can touch the next generation with the God life. I want to pray for you today. If you would, everybody bow your heads. Father, I just thank you for your word today. I thank you that you're speaking to people. You're touching hearts and lives. And God, I just pray that today your word would find root in our hearts. Not, not just moms and grandmas and great grandmas, but every person. We can understand the influence our lives can have with other people. Father, burn your word into our hearts today. Give us an opportunity to make adjustments that need to be made. Help us to see our children as your children. Help us to see the future as your future. And help us to do our part in molding the next generation for the future you have for the church. While heads are still bowed for just a moment, you might be here today or maybe you're listening online or listening later on to this message. But maybe you've never really committed your life to God, but as you've listened to this today, you've realized, you know what? I need God's help in, in my life, in my family, in my home, in all that's going on around me. I need God's help. How can I get God's help? It begins with prayer, with us just saying, God, I need you. Please help me. That's where it starts. With us accepting the fact that God loved us so much, he gave his own son to wash away our sins and bring us into relationship with him. He asked that we just accept his son, accept his love, and let him start working in our lives. It all begins with a prayer. I want to lead you in a prayer today and give you an opportunity. Just put your faith in Jesus. Trust him today. I'm going to ask everybody here, bow your heads, close your eyes. If you're watching online, pray with us today. Let's repeat this prayer and open our hearts to God. Say, God, I need you. I open my heart to you. Come into my life. Show me your ways. I want to follow you. I accept Jesus as my Savior. I choose Jesus to become the Lord of my life. So from this moment forward, I will follow you. You will be my Father. I'll be your child. Teach me your ways. Thank you for receiving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm going to ask Ann to come up and join me. We, we want to pray a, a prayer of blessing on every home, every family, every person in this room today. 
Of course, it's Mother's Day. We, we really do want to focus on grandmothers and great-grandmothers and moms, but every woman, every man, every family here today, we want to pray a prayer of blessing over you. So if you would, right there where you are, just open your heart and, you know, if you're like me, maybe it'll help you if you just turn your hands this way and say, God, I receive your blessing today. And I'm going to ask you to lead us in prayer. Let's pray for our families today in our home. Father, we just come to you right now, and God, I thank you for each and every person here in this building, those watching online, and Father, I pray that you would strengthen each one. God, I pray for supernatural strength physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, in Jesus' name. Father, I pray today that you would encourage every heart, that you would refresh every heart. God, I pray that faith and hope would rise up within each person. God, I pray that you would bless each one with supernatural peace and joy. And Father, I pray for moms and dads and every person, God, as they give of themselves to invest and, and uh, make a difference in their children and the lives of others around them. God, I pray that you would pour blessings back into their lives beyond what they can even imagine. And Father, I pray that as we begin to really reach out and make a difference in people's lives. God, I pray that it would be an eternal difference. I pray that you would use each and every one of us to influence those around us, not just for today, but for generation after generation in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, right now, I'm going to ask everyone to stand if you would. We're not finished, but we're going to do one more song this morning. And this is a song of blessing. We're going to sing and speak a blessing over your life, over your family, over your home. I want you to sing this. I want you to worship God. I want you to receive God's blessing in your life today. May His favor be upon you and a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children.
time, we pronounce a blessing over every family that is represented in this house today. Father, I pray that as they leave this place in just a few moments, that they would know your favor, that they would know your presence, and they would see your mighty hand at work in every area of their life. God, I pray that we would make the decision in our hearts to value your presence, to value growing in you, and being developed more into your nature, and seeing your character come through in our life, and that we would value your house so that we would see it impact the next generation, not just the one that's following us, but the many that are to follow us, because we believe that you have a bright future for your church and for all of our families. We receive your blessing today in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Come on, let's just give God praise one more time this morning. Before you're seated, just want to take one quick moment. This is really important. Maybe you're here today and you accepted Christ into your heart for the very first time. We're so grateful that you made that decision today, not for us, but for you, because we believe that God has great plans and a great future in store for you. So we just want to let you know very quickly, if you made that decision to follow Christ for the very first time, we want to give you a free gift. It's a simple book. It's called The Next Seven Days. It'll help you get started in your walk with God. You know, when you make that decision to follow Christ, it's kind of like the end of one journey and the beginning of another. And we want to help you get started and do this well. So we want to invite you to come get The Next Seven Days right after service. And there's two different ways that you can get it. We're going to have prayer teams that will be down here after the service. Just walk up to one of our prayer teams and let them know today you made a decision to follow Christ and you want to get the book. They'll give it to you. We don't need anything from you, but we're here to help in any way that we can because we feel like it's our responsibility to help you get started and do this journey of faith well. So please, come see one of our prayer teams. Maybe you're here today and you have a need in your life, in your heart, something that you're facing right now. That's why our prayer teams are here. Please, come speak to one of them. Let them know. You want someone just to stand with you, to encourage you and agree with you. That's what they're here for. So take advantage of that. If you need to go quickly at the end of service, just stop by the next seven days desk. It's right between the glass doors. Before you exit the building, our team will be there to help in any way that they can, but come let them know you made a decision decision and you want to get the book, we'll give it to you and help you in any way that we can. We are so glad that you made that decision today. We want to congratulate you right now. Come on, let's just put our hands together and welcome some people into the family of God today. Amen. Amen. Okay, go ahead and be seated. We're going to be just a couple more moments, a couple of things that we want to do before we are finished today. Something that we love to do in all of our services, this might be the last thing that we do today, but it's a first thing in the way that we honor God and our doing of this. We want to take a moment, we want to honor God by bringing our tithes and our offerings into God's house. And I just want to first say thank you all so much for your faithfulness and giving. Thank you for your generosity. Sometimes when I think about how good God has been to me, I don't really think of myself as generous when I give back to God. Because I recognize that when I bring my tithe, it's his in the first place. It's not mine to keep. It was always his because he's my source and he's my provider. So I want to say to every single person in the house, thank you so much for your faithfulness and giving. Thank you for honoring God with your first fruits by bringing your tithes and offerings into the house. Together we're able to do so much more than we can on our own. There's a few different ways that you can give that are up on the screen right now that'll make it convenient for you to give digitally if you'd like to do that. If you'd like to give in person today, there's an envelope on the seat back in front of you. You can just grab one of those envelopes and before you exit the auditorium, there are giving stations on either side of our exit doors. There's also a giving station outside near the kids' first-time check-in area. But whatever is most convenient for you, we want you to choose that. And again, if you're a guest with us today, we want to let you know there's never any pressure or compulsion to give here at the bridge. This is a free will offering. We give from our heart just to honor God and say, thank you so much for being so good to me. You're my source. You're my provider. So I will put you first when it comes to my finances. So again, 
Thank you for your generosity. And finally, before we're finished this morning, I want to let you know about two or three things that are coming up in the next few days. Hey, all the ladies, this Friday night is Bridge Women Night. It's going to be a great night. We have a lot of great stuff planned for all the ladies of the bridge. You can come as early as 5.30, but hey, get here. Bring your girlfriends. Bring the ladies in your family. We would love to host them. Just really tell them about good things that God has in store for their life. We want to celebrate and have an awesome evening with you. So make your plans to be here on Friday night as early as 5.30. And uh, if you have kids and you'd like to bring them to our kids program, we have a great kids program, infant through fifth grade. We just ask that you register your kids by going to our website or the bridge app. That would be very helpful so that we're properly staffed for that evening. And then not only that, when it comes to kids, next Sunday morning we have child dedications happening during our 1130 service. We have a few families that are already signed up to bring their kids and dedicate them to the Lord. If you'd like to participate in that, just go to our website or the Bridge app. You can register your kids there. There's an instructional video on everything that we'll be doing and what dedication means so that you have a full understanding of it. And then we'll send you the details so that you can be prepared for next Sunday. We're excited to dedicate kids to the Lord next Sunday morning. And then finally, we have Senior Connection Lunch that's happening on the 22nd. That's two weeks from today. We love our seniors here in the church, our seniors community. We value you and everything that you have done to help build the Bridge Church over the years. We're grateful for you, and we want to honor you. We invite all the seniors of the Bridge to come and be a part of Senior Connection Lunch again on the 22nd. It's at 1 o'clock after our second service. Lunch is $10. If you want to go ahead and pre-register, you can do that digitally on the Bridge app. But we also have a table at the Info Center today. If you would like to register in person and go ahead and prepay for your lunch and it's easier for you to do it in person, we invite you to come to the Info Center. Our team is there to help you with that today because we want you to be able to come to Senior Connection later this month. Hey, I hope that you have enjoyed being in church on Mother's Day. Anybody had a good day today in the house of God? Well, before you go today, we have a flower for every woman in the house that we want to give you as you exit. We have a lemonade stand that we also want to give lemonade to everybody. And we invite you to come and take advantage of our photo booths that are outside. Stick around. Have a good time with mom before you go and have a good time this afternoon as a family. We love you. Have an awesome day. We will see you next Sunday. Happy Mother's Day.